I don't wanna be the boy that runs in the back I don't wanna be the kid that falls in the dark All I really want to be is the guy that gets that girl Welcome to the AJ Steele Show We discuss politics, sex, money, and everything in between And now, here's your host, an immigrant, a self-made millionaire an American, A.J. Steele. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the A.J. Steele Show. We really appreciate all the support we've gotten from you, our listeners, throughout the last few years, uh, placing us in the top 40 in America, and all the people that follow us on Twitter and on Gab. And um, I wanted to do a little show about a trip I recently had. So most of you who know the show know that I come from San Francisco, California, the most liberal place on earth. Now, people always ask me, why don't you just move out of there? Why are you stuck there in California? And I'll tell you why. First of all, it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. I've lived here ever since I came to America in 1983. My family is here. My wife's family are here. And my kids went to school here and live here. So it's very, very difficult for me to leave. Plus, many of my businesses are here in California as well. But that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate other states. It doesn't mean I don't have a deep love for the rest of America. And, and I've always had a great affinity. And I've always been very, very curious about the South. Now, I'm not talking about South America or the South Pole. I'm talking about the American South. I've been fascinated with it ever since I was a kid, really. And uh, first time I've been to the South was when I was 19. A couple of high school buddies of mine and I, we rented a car. It was kind of a broken down old car because we couldn't afford a real rental car. I think it was a car that was rolled and it had a bunch of dents in it. It was something like $150 for two weeks, which was an amazing deal because we were starving students at the time. And we decided to drive cross country to end up where? In Tennessee, in Memphis, Tennessee. Why? Because many of us liked Elvis. And, um, but we wanted an adventure. And that adventure was fabulous. We ended up visiting Texas and Tennessee, obviously. And we went to Louisiana and Florida. And we even spent some time in Arkansas, where my friend Juanita Broderick lives. Bottom line, I just fell in love with the South. Everything that had to do with the South. The food, the hospitality, the music, country, blues, bluegrass. Oh, my God. Gospel. And as a young man, I could tell you one thing. The women in the South were some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Not to mention their lovely, lovely Southern drawl. Now, I better really tone it down before Mrs. Steele, who's a uh, California girl, finds out about this show, and I get put in a doghouse, okay? But I think you get the general feeling of how much I enjoyed the South, even as a young uh, young 19-year-old boy from California, liberal California. And mind you, back then, I was actually a raging liberal because I went to high school here in California. I was raised with liberals, and I thought that anything conservative was just insane. I, was, I thought the Bible Belt was ridiculous. I thought the people there were all a bunch of racists because that's what I've been taught until I visited at 19. And that was a, um, 
an eye-opening visit. But you don't want to hear about my high school trips. You don't want to hear about my road trips all over the country. You want to hear about what we just did and saw there recently. And through the years, I've taken my family to the South a few times, and I've visited alone as a part of the AJ Steele show. You know, I got to meet a lot of great people and talk to a lot of people. And this summer, we've decided to go there for a couple of weeks. We haven't done a vacation in two years because of all this crazy COVID stuff. And uh, it was time. It was just time to go. And I really wanted my kids, my wife, to see what it's like on the other side. That plus I was thinking about perhaps buying some property up there in uh, East Tennessee, one of the most beautiful places in America, um, surrounded by mountains and green and just really wonderful people. So it was kind of a uh, exploration trip. It was kind of a fun trip. And it was kind of a trip that I wanted to meet a lot of Southerners and talk to them about politics and religion and life in general. So what I'm going to do in this show today is talk about my experiences. Many of them were very, very good. But I saw some ugly things that really scared me about the future of America. And I'm going to talk about those as well. I saw some things that should scare the living daylights out of anybody who believes in America and in our freedom and in free elections. In one of my trips, I got lost somewhere around Nashville, Tennessee. And I know Nashville is a very liberal city, but you have to see Nashville when you're in Tennessee. Beautiful people, beautiful music, beautiful southern nights. And um, I got lost on a side trip and I ended up in a suburb of Nashville And what I saw there would shock you. It would shock any red-blooded American because the South is not what you think it is. And the South is being changed while all the good people out there are sleeping or just not paying attention. We're being distracted because there's a massive, massive move of illegal aliens into the South. And those illegal aliens are not just from uh, South America, Mexico, Guatemala, There's a lot of these people that are being moved there straight from the most hateful Muslim countries on earth. And they're right there in the midst of the South. And most people don't even know about it. I know that all the media is talking about it and Biden is doing this and Biden is doing that. But I saw it for real. I actually saw it with my very own two eyes. And what I saw was frightening. And it would scare you. And it should scare anyone who cares about our country. But before I start talking about the South and the wonderful time I had there, I mean, seriously, it's the nicest, most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. And the food, man, it's out of this world. It's not the healthiest, but it is so good. There's nothing like Southern cooking. And I ate plenty of it, trust me. I think I gained about 10 pounds just from a couple of weeks in the South. And I loved every single ounce of it. It's a real shocker for a lot of people out here in California and the West Coast, and I believe the East Coast as well, to know that the South is not some backwoods. It's not some horrible, rednecky, hateful, racist place. It's a very vibrant place. It's a place full of life and families and religion and development. But most people will never know about that because they don't go to visit the South or they have these preconceived notions about it, which the media is all too happy to spread. But I saw for myself, I saw it and I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the people more than anything. 
I also saw a very interesting phenomena for me because I live in the West where I saw a lot of black young men and women working in stores, in restaurants, in hotels, young white kids doing the same thing. In California, you don't see that. In California, most young black people, and I'm generalizing, please don't write me or call me a racist, most young black people in California of working age are living off welfare. Many of them are criminals. Many of them belong to gangs. Many of them do nothing with their lives. And it's a travesty. And I blame the liberals for it. The liberals have 100% of the responsibility. And I will expand on that a little later. I'll explain to you why that is happening all over America. Why black people are being oppressed yet again. And they don't even know it. But don't think it's only black people. Many young white people in blue states, many young white people who should be working are also lazy bums. They live off their parents until they're 26, 27, 30. They sit home smoking pot. They sit on playing video games. They don't work. Many of them get government benefits. A whole bunch of them are leeches on society. And it's disgusting. But there's a reason why all of this happened. There's a reason why young blacks, young whites, young Americans in the West don't work. And I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm going to explain to you why this is happening. And believe me, this is planned. This is not an anomaly. It's not something that just happened. Young blacks and young whites didn't just become lazy out of the blue. They didn't just wake up one day and decide not to work, to live like bums, to smoke weed all day, to collect government benefits. No, it didn't just happen like that. That's not human nature. Human nature is all about growing up and maturing and having a family and following a set of rules. That's what real human beings are about. Unless if someone or something puts a monkey wrench into that plan, there's a reason for all of this. And it all emanates from the liberal Democrats. It's all about control. So when I talk about the South, what's the main feeling I felt there? What I felt could be quantified or summarized in one simple word. And you know what that word is? Freedom. I felt free in the South. I felt the kind of freedom that I never feel here in California anymore. And it's very, very sad. Now, I visited Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas. I even spent some time in North Carolina. But the bulk of my time, most of my time was spent in Tennessee. Let me tell you, I have such beautiful memories and such beautiful stories to tell. And I'm forever grateful to all the friends I have over there and all the new friends I've made. But I also have a very serious warning to all the people in the South and all Americans who actually care about freedom and voting rights and the future of our nation. So I'm going to talk in the next few segments about some of the ugly things I saw and hopefully some of you will listen and your eyes will be opened and maybe you'll do something about it before it's too late. I also want to remind everyone to please, everyone who hasn't done it already, to please subscribe to our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio and Stitcher, along with a bunch of other great providers. And I also want to remind you to please spread the word about the AJ Steele Show we're completely driven by you, our audience. I hope you check out our Twitter account. I hope you check out our Gab account. 
just spread the word because we're all about freedom and we're all about telling you the truth as we see it. This is the AJ Steele Show. Please stick around. The AJ Steele Show. Think of your loudmouth best friend, hated by all the wives, because he tells it just like it is. Welcome back to the AJ Steele Show. So I'm talking about this wonderful vacation slash getting to know the South kind of trip I took with my wife, uh, Mrs. Steele, and some of my kids. And we visited so many wonderful states. We visited Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, North Carolina, and uh, Tennessee as well. We had a grand old time. It's kind of hard to encapsulate everything, all the feelings that we felt. But the minute we landed, the minute we landed, we all took in a deep breath and we got this feeling of freedom. And it's very hard for people who don't live there in the South to understand how trapped so many of us Americans feel right here in California, in Oregon, in Washington, in New York, in all the liberal states. There's a feeling of oppression that has been completely enveloping the spirit of any human being who likes to feel free everybody wears masks everybody gives you dirty looks if you don't wear a mask everybody's in your business it just feels almost like a police state here in california and then we land there right there in the south we get off the plane and no one is wearing masks now i've done a bunch of shows about covid19 I'm a medical expert. I know a lot about infection control. And I'm not saying that it's not a real infection. I'm actually not even telling people not to get the vaccine because some people, I believe, should take it. Now, I'm not sure how relevant it is. I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know if it really gives a lot of protection to people. But I think that people with high risks should always take the vaccine and take every kind of precaution they can to avoid getting COVID-19. But that doesn't mean that the rest of us, the rest of us Americans who are relatively young and healthy and don't have comorbidities and don't have any kind of predisposition to getting sick, it doesn't mean that we have to take the vaccine or that there is even a need for us to take it. That's the issue. It's an issue of freedom. The other issue is this. People that take the vaccine can also get COVID and they can also transmit it. So in other words, I believe it's our personal choice to decide whether to take it or not. It's a risk that we should be able to take for ourselves based on education, based on our personal choice and feelings, and based on the fact that we are Americans and we're free and we have a manifest destiny and we can decide what kind of risk we're willing to take or not take. So we land at the airport and nobody's wearing a mask. And my kids look at me in a weird way. Mrs. Steele looks at me, and then all of a sudden, in complete unison, it's almost like they planned it, and you know they didn't, they take their masks off, and all I see are these huge, beautiful smiles. Yes, that was the beginning of my trip to the South. We get out, we get to the car rental place, people are so nice, everybody's so welcoming. We rent our car, and we go on our merry way. 
already such a great feeling, like we're in a different world. And again, I brought this up earlier. If you live in California, you live in a very restrictive kind of world. California used to be the most mellow, free, do what you want kind of state. It used to be a very open, free thinking kind of society. But in some ways, it's turned the other way. It's the complete opposite now. It's almost like the tables have turned. It's like living in a Nazi totalitarian kind of state. You can't do anything without someone telling you where to look, how to look, what to say, what not to say, what's right, what's not right, what's politically correct. Yes, the liberals used to claim the mantle of freedom and freedom of expression and freedom of ideas. But now their states are starting to feel like hellholes, like Nazi Germany or communist Russia. What happened to these people? What happened to their freedom? How did they turn into everything they've always railed against, into everything they've always warned us about and hated? How? And more importantly, why? But I'm not here to talk about California, right? I'm here to talk about our trip. So we got in late. We went straight to our hotel, went to sleep. The next morning, we woke up. They had one of those uh, little uh, breakfasts in the hotel. And I was shocked because most of the workers were African-Americans, black people. And no, they didn't give us dirty looks. They were cheery. They were nice. They were talking to people like normal people talk to other people. There wasn't black or white or brown. My kids even noticed that because in California, we don't see too many African-Americans working. And when you do see a lot of African-Americans here, they have a really bad attitude. Then I saw white people working. There were young, younger white people. There were some younger black people working. I thought, huh, that's kind of interesting. That's not something we see every day. And it's kind of sad that we don't see those things every day because these are Americans. These are the Americans that need the jobs. But I thought, oh, maybe this hotel is like some special kind of place. And we decided to go to town. We had a wonderful time in Nashville. Nashville is a wild, wild city. A lot of beautiful people dressed like cowboys and cowgirls and music everywhere. And we went to the Country Music Hall of Fame and that was just absolutely a lot of fun. It's just a fun city and fun food. And uh, then we decided to eat some of that famous Nashville hot chicken. We went to Princess Chicken, which are the people who actually invented this hot uh, fried chicken. Apparently, the wife was so mad at her husband who was cheating on her that she put extra spice, extra hot spice in the chicken to, to get back at him. And, but he loved it. And that's how the recipe for Nashville hot chicken got started. But we went there and guess what? A lot of young black people working there too, alongside white people, young white people. And they were all nice and they were all smiling and they didn't give me an attitude. They didn't look like gangsters. They didn't look like welfare cases. They were just regular Americans, black and white, working together. So I realized this is not some weird happening. This is how it is in the South. This is how people are. When people need a job, they go get a job. And instead of everyone just whining and expecting some foreigner to do their jobs for them, they do the jobs themselves. I like that. I think Americans should work. I think young American adults should have a job and learn to appreciate money and learn how to manage money. All my kids go to college, and you know what? I make them work to pay for it. 
young adults should absolutely be working, not just living off their parents or living off the government. I see that way too often in blue states, and it happens all the time in the state I live in. Most black young people in California do not work. Most of them live off the government. Many of them are criminals or thugs. They don't have a thought in their brain to get a job and work like a respectful person. But this is not just about black people. It's about white people. Many young white adults in California, well, they don't work either. They live like parasites. Now, I'm not talking about kids in high school age or even below that. Obviously, the parents are responsible for them. But I'm talking about people in their 20s and even 30s. They rather live off the government or off their parents in the extra room where they always lived all their lives than get out in the world and work and do a job. Well, the job doesn't pay enough. Oh, they don't treat me with respect. They don't give me my pronouns. They don't treat me right. Give me a break. If you don't have an education or you don't have a vocation, you're going to have to work at an entry-level job. What's so hard about that? And I'll tell you why it happens. It happens because California is full of illegals. It's full of illegal aliens that get paid much less to do the same jobs, and they're not a bunch of complainers. In contrast, the South is not filled up with illegals yet. And that's why you see white people working. That's why you see black people working. That's why you see teenagers working and not whining about it. Now, I'm not just talking about California. I'm talking about the entire West. I'm talking about many places in Texas, too. They're getting filled up with illegal aliens. And these illegal aliens are taking the jobs away from hardworking, honest Americans. They're turning us into a bunch of lazy parasites who live off this system instead of actually standing up straight and earning our own keep. There's no shame left anymore. People don't mind being bums. And I blame the left-wing politicians for this. I blame the media for this. I blame some of the corporations for it. Many of the corporations, some of which are conservative because everybody wants the cheap labor from the illegals. Nobody wants to pay Americans what they're worth. Not only that, but we all know that the Democrats like these illegals because these illegals erode everything that we stand for in America. The kids of the illegals, they don't work either, but they all vote Democrat. And that's what they're counting on. But it's not just that. In my opinion, Americans, white Americans, black Americans, we have a sense of freedom. We have a strong sense and a tradition of fighting governments who are tyrannical by nature. But people from the third world don't have that. They don't have that attitude. They're used to a government telling them what to do. And that's why the Democrats are pushing for these people to come to this country. They're not just taking our jobs away, but they're changing the whole demographic of America and turning us into a country of followers instead of country of leaders. And there's only one winner at the top of this game, and that's the big corporations and the deep state. That's what it's all about. Kick us down, keep us down, and let a whole new generation of followers take over. That's where we're headed. Trust me, they're much, much easier to control than red-blooded Americans. So yes, our kids and the black kids and the Hispanic American kids and all colored kids of America, we're being shoved into this rabbit hole of laziness and compliance. 
our jobs are being taken away from us, our right to speak up our mind is being taken away from us. And maybe sadder in all of that is we've lost our sense of dignity, the sense of self-reliance, the sense of pulling ourselves by the bootstraps. We've lost that and it's been done to us on purpose and we need to fight it and we need to stop doing that. We need to wake up from our stupor and remember that we're Americans and remember what this country was founded on. And when we visited the South, I got that feeling a little bit that people here are not broken yet. They still have a spirit. They still stand for something. There's still the America that I came here for, that I moved here for, the America that we all dream about. But it's not going to last there either. I was surprised to find out that even the South is now on borrowed time. Because on that second day after I landed in Nashville, we drove around and we got lost in a suburb. It looked like a poor suburb. And we had to stop at some mega store for supplies and snacks and water because we were totally lost. And what I saw in that store didn't just shock me. It put the fear of God into me. Because the government is doing to the South, to Tennessee, to Alabama, to Georgia, to all those wonderful places, the same thing that it did to my beloved California, in Oregon, in Washington, in New York, in Nevada, in Arizona, New Mexico. The same evil, underhanded kind of tactics are being used in the South while everybody sleeps, while everyone is waving their flag and eating that great Southern cooking. They don't know that they're being replaced systematically by people who don't like them, people who actually hate them, people who have no job skills whatsoever, no English skills, and who will be government wards forever. These are people who know nothing and frankly could care less about our traditions of freedom and liberty in the American way. And by complete chance, I just uh, happened to discover many of them living on the outskirts, living in the shadows of the great American South. I want to talk about that when we get back from our break. And I just want to remind everyone to please subscribe to our show and spread the word. This is the AJ Steele Show. You're listening to the AJ Steele Show, where no topic is off limits. No discussion too harsh. No truth more true. The AJ Steele Show. We tell it like it is. Welcome back to our show. So like I was talking about earlier, we landed in Nashville. We spent uh, three nights there. We had a wonderful time eating great cooking, listening to great country music and bluegrass. Man, it was just the perfect time and southern nights, southern skies. The whole thing was just like a miracle. It was just so much fun for myself and the family. And then on one of the nights, I was looking to buy some gifts. And I'm a uh, clumsy driver sometimes. <laughs> or I'm not very good with following directions. I guess it's a part of being a man. And I drive off to the suburb by mistake. I didn't listen to Mrs. Steele. I didn't listen to the kids. I didn't listen to Google. And we ended up in this uh, suburb of Nashville. 
And it didn't look like a very wealthy suburb. It wasn't like a crime-ridden area, but it looked kind of rougher. And so, of course, we went into his mega store because the kids were thirsty and hungry and they wanted snacks. And I said, okay, let's just go there because it's a store we know. And we walk in there and I go to the men's room. And as I walk in, first of all, the place is filthy, but that doesn't matter. I see two women, two women waiting in line to use the stalls in the men's room. There was a women's bathroom right next door, but apparently these women either can't read or don't care to read or don't follow any kind of direction. And I looked at them and I said, this is the men's room, ladies. And they didn't answer me. And I noticed that they looked Hispanic. They were wearing Hispanic outfits. And I speak a bunch of different languages. So I asked them in Spanish if uh, they know that this is a men's room. Oh, oh, we didn't know. We don't know how to read English. But there were signs on the door in Spanish also. So I asked him and he said, no, no, we, we just don't know how to read or write in any language. Unbelievable. Well, these women were fresh off the boat from either Mexico or Guatemala or Salvador or other South American countries. And I said, well, how long have you been here? Oh, less than a month. Wow. That was kind of shocking. In the middle of Tennessee, a bunch of women from South America that were bused there by the Biden administration. They don't know a word of English. They're not employable. And on top of that, they're completely rude and hanging out in the men's room. After I stepped out of the men's room, I looked at the people shopping there and all of a sudden I got this weird feeling. The whole clientele in that huge mega store were either Hispanics that were fresh off the boat, meaning illegal aliens that just got to America and were either flown there or bused there. And the rest were all Arab Muslims. Arab Muslims in full Muslim garb, women covered from head to toe, the men looking like a bunch of terrorists straight out of a horrible Chuck Norris movie. Now, I also speak a bit of Arabic, so I asked a couple of them, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Syria. And some other ones were from Iraq. How long have you been in America? Oh, less than a year. Do you speak any English? No. Do you have a job? No. Who brought you here? We're asylum seekers. They just flew us here straight from the Middle East. Them, their wives, and about five or six kids each. Immediately to America. Now, they didn't fly them to the liberal states. They flew them in the middle of a red state. These people speak no English. They have zero aptitude. They look like they don't even belong in America because they just culturally are so different. So what I'm seeing is a bunch of Muslim Arabs mingling with a bunch of Hispanic illegals that were brought together to America in one store. And I'm sure that whole neighborhood was full of all of these people. Now, are all of them bad people? Are all of them devils? No, of course not. They just want a better life. But they want that better life at your expense, at my expense, at our children's expense. And many of them actually don't like us and could care less about America. And that's the truth. Now, another question that popped into my mind was, how many of these people have been tested for COVID-19? Some of them just arrived from across the border, from countries that have absolute pandemics of COVID-19 and tuberculosis and other horrible diseases. 
You know they weren't tested. You know they weren't given any kind of shots or vaccines. How come no one cares about that? Why are these people being dropped right in the middle of all of these red states and no one cares? I mean, who vets these people? How do I know all of these Muslims are not members of ISIS or Hezbollah or other terrorist organizations? No one knows and no one cares. And as I drove out of that neighborhood, I got a horrible gut feeling because I remember a couple of years ago when I visited Memphis, I saw a huge demonstration by Arabs, Muslim Arabs against Israel and against Trump in the middle of Memphis. How are all these people getting there to Tennessee? How are they all out there in Alabama where I saw them too? How are they in Georgia? Who put them there? Well, I'll tell you who put them there. The Democrats put them there. It started with President Bill Clinton, continued with our rhino Bush, who might as well be a Democrat. Then Obama did the same thing. Then we had a short pause with President Donald Trump. And now we're back on, full on, with Biden. They're just streaming all of these people to the red states. And people in the red states don't know about this because they don't live in their neighborhoods. Many conservatives in the red states live in the rural areas, which I've also visited and which were probably my favorite part of the whole South. These people don't get to meet all of these Muslims. They don't get to meet all of these illegals. They never see them, but they're growing exponentially. They're growing and growing, and they're sucking their welfare and the government assistance programs dry in those states. They're taking away money from poor Americans that could use the help. Eventually, all of these Hispanics are going to take over the entry-level positions. So you're not going to see black kids and white kids. You're not going to see American kids working. It's going to turn exactly into the hellhole that California has become. It's going to be all illegals and their children working in those jobs. And the blacks in the South will end up on welfare. And the whites in the South will end up on welfare. They'll be squeezed out in their own nation. And this is the sad thing. Again, most Southerners are very proud, hardworking, decent people. They live in their towns. They go to church. They celebrate 4th of July. They go to uh, activities. They love to eat out. They love good music. They love their family. They enjoy hanging out with their friends and going boating and hunting and fishing, just living the American life. But they don't know this horrible gray cloud. Forget gray. I should call it a black cloud. It's right above their heads and they don't realize it's there yet. They don't understand this huge storm is coming. A huge storm created by our liberal government that's going to absolutely change their way of life forever. It's going to take away their jobs from them. It's going to take away government services from them. It's going to challenge their religion and their churches and most of all, it's going to change the demographics to the point that they become minorities. Yes, Americans will become minorities in their own home states. And ladies and gentlemen, people better wake up and wake up soon and start fighting this. Now, I don't blame the illegals from South America for coming here. I don't even blame the Muslims for wanting to come here. Everybody wants a better life. But I do fault our government that allows all these people to come here and basically take away and infringe on our God-given rights to liberty, justice, and the American way. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this episode flew by so fast and I had so many things to tell you, so many good things, so many wonderful things that uh, we did in the South and how beautiful the Smoky Mountains were and how, how many wonderful people we met everywhere we went, fans, friends, and just people that we met for the first time and we now consider to be friends. But I guess all that is going to have to wait for another episode of the AJ Steele Show because we ran out of time. Listen, thank you so much to all the people of the South for hosting the Steele family and for making us feel so welcome. I'd also like to thank you for reminding us what America is all about. God bless you all, and God bless America. This is AJ Steele. The A.J. Steele Show, copyrighted 2020.